you know, maybe even a hundred different countries with currencies that are useless and have gone through hyperinflation to the point where people say, I'm not saving my money in my local currency. I need to figure out another way. And I think that one of the great things that Bitcoin has, has really done is it's given these people an avenue. Uh, traditionally, actually, a lot of these people would have put their money in dollars, but that, that became so rampant that these countries created capital controls that then stopped people from purchasing dollars. And so where are they going to go? I guess there's, you know, the bubbles of their real estate markets or there's, there's Bitcoin. And I think that's such an important technology to exist because you, you don't need to lug around a sack of gold from house to house just to store your life savings. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I am your host, Charlie Shrem, and you're listening to another epic episode of The Charlie Shrem Show, where together, you and I, twice a week, we get to dive deep with some of Bitcoin's most influential leaders, crypto OGs, those who are in tech, those who are regulators sometimes, politicians, those who are truly explaining and involved in what we're doing, how we're doing it, the future, as we see it has been, uh, especially with the banking system, like, you know, we've been doing the show together for, for almost four years, and it's like actually four years in May. We've seen so many bull and bear markets, but we've always just kind of theorized and talked about Satoshi. And we've talked about the end of, you know, these banking crises that happened in 2008, 2009. But we didn't think, I didn't think, maybe some others did that. We'd see like banks fall now in 2023. We didn't see that we'd, we'd be like on shaky footing where companies would be falling apart. There's money at stake. People are worried about leaving money in certain banks. But Bitcoin has decoupled from that. And the, the resurging interest, I wouldn't even say resurging interest because the interest has always been there for us. Bitcoin has existed for over a decade now, at least in, in not its baby state. So like it's existed for 13 or 14 years, but there's been like a baby state. But at least in its maturity, at some point for at least a decade now, it's, it's existed. It's proven itself. You have supply and demand and a perfect pure free market-based economy here where the price has like been for 10 years, had the ability to like stress test itself out, bull and bear markets. But now people are actually looking at Bitcoin as an alternative, but not just Bitcoin, but all of the technologies that we build around it. It's exciting because everyone's like nodding their heads like, yeah, we know, we talk about it, Charlie, all the time. But it's exciting to see it play out into 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 the into the narratives of, of 2023 and and that and and actually we have an OG on the show today, Jonathan Chester. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Charlie. Happy to be here. I'm really excited to have you on. I just forgot to mention the show is powered by Waxman, and everyone, please leave those reviews if you can. Thank you for subscribing. We've been ad free since Christmas. It's been great. We've been able to do the shows that we want to do and and have it our way. Jonathan, you're a perfect guest that that we love having on. You're the co-founder and CEO of Bitwage, the most popular Bitcoin blockchain HR, payroll, and invoicing platform. You're a top seven blockchain company in the US, top 21 in the world. You guys have been around for a very long time. You've been in the, in the space since 2012, 2013. You've been written about Entrepreneur Magazine and all these different things. You travel all around the world and you, you launched the company on the, on the simple premise of letting people get paid in Bitcoin and now stablecoins regardless of their employer. When you guys establish, I mean, you're going to be celebrating your 10-year anniversary soon. Congratulations. How, how have things changed since, since you've started to now? Do you still have the same kind of ethos? 
it's pretty pretty funny that you're talking about a decade, right? Because it was it was a decade ago that I that I got into this, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I remember hearing about you back then. I won't go into the the, the specifics, maybe, but yeah, I, I remember good times back then. <laughs> yeah, great times when I was first getting into into the space, right? I mean, you know, I was I was working at Oracle when I first learned about Bitcoin. Came across it in a TED talk that was talking about the future of money, and at the time. You know, Bitcoin was surging to like two hundred dollars. I thought, wow, this is this is this is crazy. I wanna, I want to like learn more and dive deep. And I came out this kind of obsessed Bitcoin guy. I really loved ideas of financial freedom, the ideas of making more efficient banking systems, more efficient payment systems, and just being your own bank. These were the things that excited me ten years ago. And we looked at what existed in the industry, right, and you could you could think about a financial loop where people sure. would purchase Bitcoin on an exchange, hold it on a wall, maybe spend it with a merchant service. But there was really no full financial loop where you know the coins ended on the financial service, I mean on, on the merchant, and they would you know basically sell the, the Bitcoin back to dollars. Um, and we wanted to close that financial loop so that the merchants could actually use those Bitcoin to pay their employees. You got to create and, this and circular they, economy. Yeah, exactly. Create a circular economy. Make sure that it it can exist within itself. So that was, ah. and, and no one did that. And so we were like, let's be the first ones to do that. So that's that that's kind of the the ethos is the original ethos behind behind Bitwages. Let's build that part of this important pillar of the Bitcoin economy. Going back to those years, that's why I launched BitInstant for the same reason. In fact, even before before BitInstant, I was just selling airline vouchers that I would buy on Craigslist just on the Bitcoin forums for Bitcoin. I just felt like once money hit our bank accounts and we have to use it for our lives, convincing people to like buy more, which ended up being, you know, our, my first company anyways. But I just felt that if there was a way to like get Bitcoin without by earning it, instead of having to like buy it once you've earned, if, if we can make Bitcoin the earning price mechanism, where now you're valuing your own personal capital to how much the value of Bitcoin is instead of like going to dollars first, maybe like you said, we can make Bitcoin exist within itself. And I feel like the world has judged us for the time for where we are and the where they think we should be. But I judge us by where we should be, but on a much longer time time frame. So I look at us like, oh, look how much we've done in only 10 years, where the rest of the world is like, oh, look how they, they you know, Bitcoin's nothing. It succeeded in no way possible. You know, I think that, you know, maybe people would make comparisons to how fast ChatGPT got off the ground. But, <laughs> you know, ChatGPT requires very little trust, right? <laughs> like, uh, you, you just put in a question, it spits out an answer, you can use it, you can go to Google to verify it. You know, you've, you've lost nothing yeah. for trusting this thing, right? When you're talking about, you know, hard money, I mean, it, it, consider, it requires a considerable amount of trust. You know, gold and dollars have had many, many years to build that trust. Yes, exactly. Uh, we're talking about hundreds or thousands of years. So, what the amount of trust that we've been able to build in Bitcoin in ten years—it's just—it's phenomenal. We're talking about right? billions and billions and billions of dollars of trust in this technology, and, and, and something that requires a lot of trust. And and the, and the you know, I think that eventually we'll get to the point where people don't need to understand what's going on behind the scenes to be able to trust it. And we're, we're certainly starting to get there, right? Because a lot of people who own Bitcoin, 
maybe don't necessarily understand what's going on behind the scenes, but it's still very important for people like us to know and explain it for newcomers who, you know, are saying, you know, I'm not going to put my whole life savings into this. Should I even put 1% or 5% of my savings or my paycheck or something like that? Give me some statistics. Like how many customers have you guys served? And, and like, what are some data points that you find intriguing that you look at? We've processed about a quarter of a billion dollars. Holy now. crap. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we've done, we, we've been doing a lot. You know, it's, te- it's tens of thousands of individual recipients that are getting paid. And, you know, it's interesting to see the dynamics in different cultures and different times on how people are, are actually choosing to get their salaries in Bitcoin. We started off in the United States and we started off with a product where employers could sign up and offer it to their employees. Mm. And then when we realized that there were more people who wanted it than there were like HR people who were willing to implement it, we enabled it so that anyone could receive any part of their salary in Bitcoin into any wallet that they want. We were the first ones to do this. So you had more employee demand than employer demand at first. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and that, that kind of changed in like 2020. But that was basically how it worked. You, you signed up, you got a direct deposit account, you connect to your payroll, and then go into whatever wallet that you wanted. And so, you know, they're basically like the people who are getting 5 to 20% of their salary in Bitcoin, and then there are people who are getting 100% of their salary in Bitcoin. Would you say that people start off with a dial where they take a certain percentage in Bitcoin and then they dial up? Or is it more, do they have like a pass-through mechanism where they can still get dollars and only get like 10% in Bitcoin? Or is it all or nothing thing? So usually people, they, they don't think about it that much. They just set it up one time and like that's the thing they're going to do. Maybe they'll test it out for one or three paychecks and then they'll do like the preferred percentage. Um, but the interesting thing is during the bear and bull markets, people are not really changing their, their percentages that, that they're getting. They, they usually know ahead of time what they're going to do. And unless there is like a significant change in their conviction, they're just keeping the same percentages. So that doesn't really change, right? We do see that there's some people who have a really high degree of, of, of conviction and they'll go 100% all in. And part of this is they want to just exit the banking system. So these people are just like, I got rid of my bank account. I'm living entirely on Bitcoin. I don't even need a bank account anymore to get Bitcoin, right? And I'm because I'm earning it. The, the other group, though, is an international use case. This has become kind of less popular for international for 100% of their salary in Bitcoin because mm-hmm. now those people will get stable coins instead of 100% of their salary in Bitcoin. Yeah. But there's more people who are willing to do that. Back in 2000 and let's say 15, 16, 17, we discovered that there was this use case where people would get 100% of their salary in Bitcoin and they would actually like immediately sell it in their local jurisdiction so that they could get local currency. So this is all about bypassing the whole international system, right? There were high costs involved and and long wait times. And there's also a lot of bureaucracy involved. Like sometimes people would actually, to get their payments, have to like go into their bank in person and like request it. They just didn't want to deal with that. I think it was in 2017, we launched the ability to actually have like a full cycle where you go from one fiat to another fiat using Bitcoin as the intermediary, but you would get the fiat into your bank account. Yeah. So now what we're seeing today is like, you know, people who are using these rails, you know, they'll mostly want fiat or stable coins in their bank account, but a lot of them will get like 10 or 20%. So like, this is like the, the sweet spot is like 5, 10, 15, 20% of salary in Bitcoin. Very cool. I'm really excited that this podcast, The Charlie Shrem Show, is now powered by Waxman. I think I met the CEO, David Waxman, back in... 
2015 or something at an Ethereum meetup, and he told me that the future belongs to the fearless. And that is why they are producing the show right by my side. What an amazing team we have now. It's so amazing. You guys have been hearing some great updates. I've been following along. If you don't know, Waxman is the leading global strategy and communications firm advising the next generation of companies in Web3, disruptive technology, Bitcoin, crypto, fintech, artificial intelligence, and venture capital. Waxman's clients are ambitious leaders and businesses that are on the frontier of this whole new economy because they really do believe that the future belongs to us and we're the ones building it. With services across everything from digital marketing, public relations, social media, investor relations, financial communications, recruiting, and public affairs, they're helping companies and individuals like myself seize the business opportunities that we deserve, overcome challenges that we all are gonna face and achieve sustained success. Head over to Waxman to learn more. You guys are going to love them. We have them in the show notes. Check it all out. It's W-A-C-H-S-M-A-N.com. That's W-A-C-H-S-M-A-N.com. It's interesting because some of the people that work for the show here, some of our team members live all over the world. And we were using PayPal for invoicing. And they started to ask me just to send Bitcoin. And I said, hey, guys, I know you're being nice because, you know, we're a Bitcoin show. But, you know, however you want to be paid, it's, it's your, you know, your decision, whatever is easier for you. You don't have to be nice about it. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Bitcoin, like when you send to PayPal, 10 or 20% of our salary is going to all these middlemen because PayPal is just one middleman in the process of eventually getting our money that we can use it for our daily needs and cash and things like that and our bills and stuff. Where Bitcoin, you avoid everyone. I'm like, well, I know I've been saying this forever, but it's nice to hear it from other people in the reality. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really cool, right? We, we could actually help you guys if you guys wanted to, yeah. to, to, to check us out. But we're only like um, two people or three people. Is that, is that, are we big enough for you? Oh, yeah, that's fine. I mean, as long as you're doing like a minimum of 10 bucks, like that'll, that'll work. You, we can actually replace the entire like invoicing mechanism and have all the, the sort of compliance level requirements there so that you get the invoicing, you do a single transaction and they're getting yeah. their Bitcoin or local currency, whatever they want. Super easy. You think there'll be like a, a cool... Do you, have you ever thought about doing a system where people can pay their bills with Bitcoin too? I know there's a company in Canada that does something like this, but I don't know if it works for us here in the US stateside. I think that the coolest company that does something similar to this is BitRefill. You know those yeah, guys? Yeah, BitRefill, but it's only cell phone minutes, right? No, no, no. You can get gift cards and you can pretty much like buy anything with Bitcoin. I want to like that. make my mortgage payment in Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't know if they could do that. That might not be possible. That'd be sweet though. BitRefill uh, saved, I... saved my ass one time. I was, um, I was on a tour in like Zambia or something or Zimbabwe or on the river between both countries. And there's no cell phone service. I was on, I really, an emergency needed to be able to, to get like a hotspot to get on my computer to do something very computationally heavy, you know, and I needed internet to do it. And there was like a mobile hotspot, but I needed the local minutes in order to like fund it up. And I used mm-hmm. BitRefill and I was able oh, to, nice. just, it was direct because that company, local company, wouldn't accept my American Express credit card to refill minutes. Pretty cool. It was like Zambian. Yeah. So I used Bitcoin and it was like instant. It was the coolest thing ever. I got a hotspot just started working. And when I eventually write my book, I'm going to use that moment in it. But there's nice. a real, yeah. people don't realize, even on my Atma VC and on, on our investment committee, that we still have some people who just still don't believe crypto should ever, you know, Bitcoin and crypto should exist. And I point them to shows like this, like, hey, 
There's millions of people out there who use this in a very fundamental level, like forget smart contracts, forget all this other bullshit, like just Bitcoin, just stable coins for real living, real usage every single day. Yeah, I mean, I think that that it's 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 pretty important that people remember. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a typical talking point, which is in the United States, we haven't seen we there's still a significant amount of trust in the banking system. Yeah, people still trust the dollar. We're we're actually starting to see a little break away from this. I'd say internationally, if you see like what what China is like doing right now with like the you know Saudi Arabia Iran stuff and the you know Brazil and China trading directly with. Um, their own local currencies, you know, that's all what we're seeing is is other countries around the world losing their faith in the dollar. It hasn't gotten down to the individual level yet. But that being said, you look around the world and people don't trust their local currencies, right? In Brazil with the Brazilian real, in Argentina with the Argentine peso, in Nigeria with the Naira. I mean, you can look, there there are tens, if not, you know, um, you know, maybe even a hundred different countries with currencies that are useless and have gone through hyperinflation to the point where people say, I'm not saving my money in my local currency. I need to figure out another way. And I think that one of the great things that Bitcoin has has really done is it's given these people an avenue. Uh, traditionally, actually, a lot of these people would have put their money in dollars, but that that became so rampant that these countries created capital controls that then stop people from purchasing dollars. And so where are they going to go? I guess there's you know, the bubbles of their real estate markets or there's there's Bitcoin. And I think that's such an important technology to exist because you you don't need to lug around a sack of gold from house to house just to store your life savings. You said it yourself. And I think over time, Bitcoin's existence validates itself. And so true is with a lot of the rest of crypto. And so you have this system where dollars are banned in the rest of the world. Uh, you said it, other than real estate, which is a good investment because at least you can live inside of it or rent it out and, and it follows inflation. You want to be, you want to have businesses and, and, and investments that kind of, if inflation goes up, the values of these things go up, right? You want to have them follow it. I wouldn't say Bitcoin is like now a hedge against inflation. It's almost like it exists outside of it. It follows that, that number in a weird way. You're protecting your customers against these financial uncertainty because they can have their money in something else. It's like sleeping at night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's like to get paid part of your salary in Bitcoin. You, you don't think about it. And, you know, a lot of people use this, this, this concept of it being a hedge against inflation. Yeah. And it's true. When, when, we get to, when we get to the point that Bitcoin has matured, it, it will be a hedge against inflation. Just like, you know, yeah. uh, other assets might be a hedge against inflation. But the, but the reality is that Bitcoin is a hedge against corrupt government money, right? That's really what it is when it's, when it's designed to be. And so the, the, the path that we get to for it to finally become inflation resistant is yeah. so, somewhat predicated on the fact that people don't want to save their money in local currencies. And we've been seeing this throughout the years, right? Going, you know, from 10 years ago, I think there was like the European financial crisis and there were the, those bail-ins and Cyprus and in Greece and that kind of contributed to that 2013 run-up. Yeah, it was a whole right? thing. Yeah. And then in, you know, what I remember seeing in 2017 and 2016, sort of that 
that run up after that bear market, you know, there was Brexit, there was the China slowdown, there was the current president Lula from Brazil getting, you know, removed from office, the demonetization of like 80% of the cash in India. And if you look both like globally and locally at all these places, you you see like a direct correlation to like interest in Bitcoin locally. You know, I would even say now what we're seeing is related to fears around the US dollar and that that pushing it. It's still not crazy huge fears. That's why we're not seeing an explosion, but it, that that's certainly helping push the price. I don't think there'll be like a, a global like end of the dollar, at least in our life. At least I knock on wood, I keep a block of wood. I, I hope not. Like people, I'm not going to ever wish for that. Our lives will be very yeah. difficult if that ever happens. I don't think yeah. we'll see in the system, but I think you said something brilliant and you said that and you're right. And especially China, Russia, and where it's outright be- almost impossible to get dollars like in a, in a free market. But, you know, anyone who's ever traveled to Argentina or really anywhere outside the world other than like Western Europe, dollars trade at a premium. So what's happening is there's like a squeeze because these corrupt governments don't want to let people buy more dollars because they don't want them selling their own currencies. If they sell their own currencies, then those corrupt governments will lose their power because that's how they essentially control the economies is through the manipulation of their currencies and they can spend their own money on whatever they want. They can pay themselves unlimited, pay their friends or brothers and sisters and whatever. Crony capitalism, sometimes you see that too, but whatever. So over the past decade, people have been buying Bitcoin because unless you turn off the internet, it's almost impossible to stop Bitcoin. And you saw it's a lot of the times people were shutting down the internet. So I really like I really like what you're saying about that, how it's like a hedge against corrupt government money. And then back to dollar for a second. I don't think we'll see that like collapse in a dollar because, yeah, although the dollar is inflating and we've printed crazy amounts of money and we're like epically in debt and blah, 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 so is the rest of the world. And so are the rest of the world's currencies. <laughs> and like, I'm not, no one's holding the Chinese renminbi because it's so much more manipulated and it's like the worst shit coin because the Chinese government owns like 80% of it. And no one's holding the Russian ruble and no one's holding, other than the Swiss franc in gold, the dollar is, is going to be supreme. But Bitcoin will become and has becoming an epic alternative because all those other countries around the world are trying to stop people from owning dollars and Bitcoin. And in the US, you're seeing Operation Chokepoint 2.0, which is trying to prevent people from buying Bitcoin and other cryptos. And because of that, everyone knows that whatever the government tries to ban, you buy. And and sometimes it's just easier too, right? (laughs) I mean, it's a lot harder to get a hold of dollars you know, because it's yeah, a lot easier it's to control dollars. Yeah, especially in these right. countries. Yeah. There's no, you're not like selling your local currency for dollars in these other places. You need to buy, you need for physical cash. It's like physical cash to physical cash. So it's like Bitcoin being digital just makes everything easier. That's why Tether and USDC have been taking off. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of these these two coins, you know, sometimes people think, oh, if I own a, if I own a stable coin, Right, I, I I reduce my bank run risk, and the, and the reality is you don't, right? Because those those stable coins in particular, USDT and USDC, they're all being held in a in a, in a bank account that could also have bank run risk. So I find it kind of funny that there is that mentality. Whereas with Bitcoin, you you literally don't have bank run risk, right? Because unlike USDC or USDT, which is it's an IOU for dollars on a bank account that maybe you yourself can't even directly redeem. Whereas Bitcoin is this, that's it. That's the end all be all. Yeah. You know, if you own it in your own wallet, right? It's the end all be all. There's no way 
for you to redeem the Bitcoin and there not being a Bitcoin there if you own it on your own wallet. You're right. And it's really the, the, it, it's really the only base layer store value, te- store value that, that, that you can truly hold you know, digitally. Right? You're right. You can, you can you can hold you can hold dollars, I guess, physically and gold physically, but in a digital in a digital fashion, it's the only base layer. The money on your bank account is something that you redeem. The stock that you that you own, it's something that that's actually being held somewhere else. Right. There's always a counterparty. And and people always say, like, oh, Bitcoin, you know, is limited by its transactions per second. And the thing that I always think about is that, you know, people think about Bitcoin from like a layer one perspective and its transactions per second there. And, you know, a lot of like, you know, a lot of Bitcoiners like to think about like the decentralized layer twos, right? Of like, okay, we got lightning, maybe we can talk about liquid. But but there can also be the exact same layer twos that the the, the traditional yeah. financial system has. Credit cards, yeah. you know, Venmo, you know, all these things that make it super easy to send money like Zelle or whatever, they can all have Bitcoin and Bitcoin can be the layer underneath it. Sure, you're not you're not custodying your your Bitcoin like you wouldn't be custodying your 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 dollars, but you can get that same level of transaction speed with Bitcoin as the underlying sort of base layer. Yep, you're right, and I love talking to to someone who feels the same way I do. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time and and coming on the show today. How can so Bitwage.com and employees and employers can sign up there? Yes, go to just www.bitwage.com. There's company signups for companies that want to pay their workers anywhere around the world in local currency and Bitcoin and stable coins. Workers can sign up without their employer being involved and get paid through like Airbnb and other home shares can get paid through oh, freelance marketplaces, whatever. Thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. T- congratulations for, for almost 10 years now. That's beautiful. Yeah, thanks for having me, Charlie. 